Hi guys, this is Jackie Cooper from J. Cooper Travels. And today I have a guest that is really very special to me. She happens to be living in an area that I is on my bucket list to go visit. It's in Australia. And Janet is here. She's um, a connection of mine from LinkedIn. We've had some wonderful conversations. And Janet, I um, love that you're here today. Can you please share the unusual name of your business, how you started your business, and the story? Because it's really inspiring. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, I just love the opportunity to um, speak with you, Jackie, and your wonderful audience. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, so my program has the unlikely name of the fifth door. I'll explain a little bit what that means in, uh, in a moment. Uh, why don't I start with my story, how yeah. I got to this point, and, um, and hopefully uh, people watching this might relate to bits of it as well, because I think there are some common themes. But basically, if I want to capture the essence of why I do what I do, I have to start when I was 21, when I committed a crime. I had a one-night stand. Uh, even though I was in a relationship, two years into a, a relationship with the man I would go on to, to marry, and 40 years later, we're still together. Um, and at the time, I had no idea why I did this. All I know is when I looked at myself in the mirror the next day, I didn't recognise the person I saw, and I just felt overcome by shame to, to the extent that when we got married, I made a vow to myself that I was going to be the loyal wife uh, you know, the devoted mother to the kids we were yet to have and a tireless worker. And so essentially that's what I did. I, I stayed true to that vow for 30 years. I buried myself behind a desk and became a human doing on steroids. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> we opened uh, six, six businesses, uh, restaurants. We ran an advertising agency in Sydney, uh, my hometown in Australia, uh, we did multi-million dollar land developments. We ran a wedding business in Australia and in Bali, Indonesia. And by the time I was 47, I actually had everything I thought I wanted. You know, this beautiful mansion on the waterfront, private beach next door, family, um, uh, solid marriage. But when I looked at everything that we owned, uh, I'll never forget that day. I was sitting in a kayak. I looked at everything we owned and all I felt was emptiness. And, um, and it occurred to me that I'd spent my whole life climbing this mountain to reach the summit and go, oh, my God, it's the wrong one. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't know what to do, so I did nothing. And then a year later, 2008, we had the global financial crisis. So I'd taken out this risky margin loan. And so while everyone else was kind of losing hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars, we were losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in a week. And because my sense of self was tied up in my net worth, our assets, it was like I was watching myself disappear, uh, you know, like having a finger chopped off every day till there was virtually none of me left. And at that point, I, I heard on the news about this German industrialist. He was a fellow who ran VW, um, and he lost billions. And he dealt with his loss by throwing himself in front of a train. Oh. And I remember just being obsessed by this one thought. You know, I wasn't feeling empathy or compassion or anything. It was just this obsession. Oh, if only that had been me. You know, the world would then be a better place and all my problems would be over. So this 
sent me on this search because clearly I, I understood from all of this that in believing that working hard, making money my focus, and then the happiness would follow was not true. It didn't work that way. And so it made me ask, well, what does work? And so I embarked on this search and I went and I listened to all the guru, gurus, we know who they are, you know, all the thought leaders, uh, invested what, whatever money we had left in their expensive programs to find the answer to this problem. You know, what, where, what is happiness? Where does that come from? And what is success? And no one, no one had the, the answers that I was looking for. I just got little bits of insight. But I did go to a Face Your Fears boot camp. Uh, where we went through a simulated death experience. This was in the middle of the Malaysian jungle. And um, uh, I'm standing there as this fellow approaches me to squeeze my neck, basically squeeze my carotid arteries until I pass out. And, um, and, I, and I'm standing there thinking, oh, you know, I was actually quite curious. You know, will I see the light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, will my life flash before me? And instead, all I hear is a voice. And the voice says, Janet, you've let everyone down. And seconds later, when I come to, I, I'm just overcome by this um, wave of disappointment. It's like, what you mean if this had been my actual death, that would have been the final judgment that I left, let everyone down. And I got, I got quite um, angry at that point because I'd sacrificed my whole life to be the, the loyal mother, the devoted wife and the tireless worker. So I thought, how could that wet sock of a line be the final judgment. And that's when I realized that in, in believing that I'd been selfless, I'd actually been selfish because I denied the world me. I didn't know who that me was at that point. But um, given that I couldn't find the answers, I thought, well, what the hell? I'm going to use my 20 years in advertising to uh, and my ability to think strategically to put together the program that I wish someone had taken me through when I left school so that I would have had some clue about what I wanted to do with my life. That's and, remarkable. Um, That's very, very special. So is that how the name of the company came about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the fifth door. So, so just in brief, uh, imagining there are five doors and I'm sure we all spend time behind each one of them, right? Uh, doorway one, which I'm very familiar with, I call living hell. And that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's our worst nightmare. Whatever that means for us, we've, we've, each of us has our own unique take on that. Um, and then door, door two is treadmill. So that's the mediocre life. You know, that's the life of compliance where we go, you know what, I'm just going to buy into the system. I'll get the nine to five job and I'll, and I'll be safe and okay. And I'll put food on the table and a roof over my head. Uh, fortunately, there are three other doors. So door three <laughs> is uh, is roller coaster, where there's something uh, inside us that might say, you know what, I'd like to chart my own life, do my own thing, whatever that means. It might mean starting up a business, um, moving to another country, whatever, marrying the person that your parents said you shouldn't marry, whatever that breakaway move is. And um, however, we go with an expectation that it's kind of going to be a stairway to heaven, and instead, it's this it's this up and down path with probably more valleys than hills. And I've, I work with a lot of people behind that door. And then door four is pipe dream and uh, called that because pipe dream is like a delusional state where we think what we want is A, B, C, D, whatever that is, every generation has their own version of pipe dream. So for me, it was the big house, money in the bank, lots of uh, social status, wealth and all of that. And 
if we're fortunate enough to get to door four, what I find the common experience is, is, wow, I have everything I thought I wanted. I'm in the com my comfort zone, but it feels like there's something missing and I just don't know what that is. So there's a, yeah, uh, it, it opens the door to the fifth door. And the fifth door is where we finally cross the threshold. Uh, and we can only do this once we understand our sweet spot. And our sweet spot is where we've finally worked out what it is we enjoy. Um, I had no idea what I enjoyed doing, by the way. I, someone asked me once, they said, what are 10 things that you want to do that you want, Janet? Just write them down on a piece of paper. And I looked at the page and burst into tears. I said, I don't know. I don't know what I want. So, so it's knowing what you enjoy, which in, a, in itself is a victory to know that, knowing what you're also good at, because they're not always the same thing, so they have to inter, inter, um, intersect. And then finally, the problem that you're born to solve. So it's not just going out and, uh, you know, campaigning for climate change because it's fashionable. It's coming from within you, from your pain. Uh, and that, that becomes uh, the, the cause. It's knowing what that is, and that becomes the cause that we then commit to. So it's really, that's the trifecta. And if we can get that, happy days. So I started teaching that to school kids and then their parents wanted to learn more about the fifth door. Uh, and then that's when I ran into my biggest obstacle because I found that I was able to take people and show them what a bigger life would look like for them. And then no one seemed to take any action. And I went, what the hell is going on? <laughs> if, <laughs> uh, what's the point of me even doing this if they're not going to do anything with this information? And that's when I ran into the real problem, uh, which I discovered is inaction, our, our inability, even when we're given everything we need to actually take that step. And I thought, what's that about? You know, what's creating this self-doubt or this imposter syndrome or this fear? And this is where I really put my advertising hat on and, and worked back from the problem, which was inaction, this feeling that we, we all have of being stuck. I went, okay, so what creates that stuckness? And, and in a series of moves backwards, uh, ended up uh, back in our childhood, of course, you know, back in our, as our young self. And I realised, uh, you know, we're, we're familiar with that term, the childhood wound, but that's just like a, a glossing over, really, of the, the real thing that's stopping us at this point. And what I realised was when we encounter anything that um, hurts us or causes us some kind of emotional pain as a child, you know, um, typically shame or guilt, it's so much for us to process at that age. You know, might, we might be five or I was working with someone yesterday. She remembers when she was two and a half, something happening. And we can't deal with it. It's too much. You know, we just, mm -hmm. uh, our, our little brains can't process emotion like that. So instead, there's, an, there's a part of us that creates a story and narrative. And what I realized was we don't have, uh, we might have lots of limiting beliefs, but they are all created by one thing. And that one thing is our core destructive belief. And we don't know what that is, but it drives all our behavior. And it sits in our, in our unconscious self. And until we can uncover what that is, I realized, uh, no matter how much willpower we apply, nothing will change. So we have to uncover this. So that's what I did. I, just, I, I created a process for uncovering what keeps us stuck so that then we can actually become, you know, the best version of ourselves. But until we unravel this piece, um, 
it's almost like putting, uh, you know, uh, taking something out of the out of a car engine. It just won't start. You know, so we've got to know what that that piece is. That sounds awesome. That sounds really um, very special. But uh, the one question I have is, who do you help? What kind, um, you, are you looking for individuals? Are you looking for corporate leaders? Who are actually who who's reached out to you? Not that you're necessarily looking for them, but I mean, because um, obviously your your talent and your program can apply to anyone. But um, who who have who have you worked with? And and if someone is interested in reaching out to you, how do they do that? Well, I've, I've worked with uh, all sorts of people across all walks of life and all age groups to discover who I feel I can help best. And who I can help best is anyone who is uh, already purpose-driven. And by that, what I mean is that we have a sense that there's something bigger, you know. Uh, we're not just, uh, oh, I've got, to make the, I've got to make the next dollar. I don't think I can help that person. I don't think I could have helped me prior to the global financial crisis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could have only helped me uh, pretty much after the crash. So I'm, I'm who I work with. I love working with change makers. So anyone who wants to make an impact on the world, whether they're a CEO, they're running a business, an organization. I love the entrepreneur space because I know it so well. I run six businesses myself and I know the frustration that uh, business owners face, uh, it, particularly small business owners who, who fall between the gap you know, they don't have the protection of a job and they don't have the protection that government gives our big organisations. Uh, and there are a lot of people there uh, existing in that space who I know are suffering right now because they're going, uh, um, what happens when we find ourselves in a under a lot of pressure? It's very typical, uh, very common for us to go into a freeze state where we think we're doing things. You know, we, we show up to the office and we might answer a few emails we're essentially tinkering because our mind, our synapses have stopped firing properly. Uh, we can't think, when we can't think clearly, we can't make decisions and then we can't take action. And so someone in any kind of leadership role really suffers at that point because um, I, I know in my own experience, what happened to me is I went dark. I, 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 I receded. Um, I didn't, I was, I was full of shame because we blame ourselves in these situations. Uh, to, so to explain that, that, um, that crime that I committed when I was 21, I had to go, why did I do that? What was that? And that's when I realized my core destructive belief was I'm a naughty girl because of how I got into trouble when I was nine, when I tried to dispose of my baby sister. And so, um, so this naughty girl thing played out. It's, what, it's, it's the, um, the behavior that drove me to take that risky margin loan, um, have that one night stand. I can't tell you how many times that's played out in my life, but I had to see it to no longer be in it and to actually uh, break it. But suddenly when I look back, my whole life made sense. So I work with anyone who is feeling that they know that they could be uh, working more pro uh, productively, more efficiently, um, but there's something that's holding them back and they don't know what it is. I know exactly what it is and I know how to extract it. And that's why I, I'm very passionate about working with people like that, because I understand the frustration that they're feeling. And one of the benefits of working with a coach like yourself is that you're objective. So you can kind of work within the um, all the information that's shared and lead and guide someone in making their own uh, aha moment or realization. 
because sometimes, like you said, you get stuck in your own thoughts and you don't realize you can't see outside of the box. So, um, like you said, you open up the door. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, Jackie. I think we're, you know, there's that expression when we're in it, we can't see it. And when we're not in it, we can see it. But um, or when, when we see it, we're not in it. But I think uh, what I love, because I've suffered so much in this space, and I, I think my, my whole reason why I do this is if I can uh, reduce the amount of suffering and pain people are in, and if I've got a way to do that, then it's almost my obligation to put that out there. But what I uh, most enjoy doing is guiding people through this process. There's absolutely no uh, judgment at all. In fact, when people find their core destructive belief, it's usually with a sense of, aha, right, okay, and there's a, you can see the relief, it's palpable. Um, and suddenly their life makes sense and all the things that, all that sense of self-wrongness, you know, that we have about our past, what's wrong with me, uh, and we can't put our finger on it, uh, suddenly um, all of that's solved. And once that happens, and once we also understand our overcompensating self who is, a, is a, a byproduct of the core destructive belief. And that's where most entrepreneurs live in this space of the overcompensating self. You know, I can do everything. I can make millions of dollars. I, I lived in that space as a martyr. Uh, these two aspects of us start to calm down. We tame them. And once we've done that, uh, the true self can emerge. And the true self tends to be far more balanced, grounded, wise, able to be the leader that we were trying to be previously. So I love what you're sharing. How, if someone wanted to uh, work with you, how would they go about, um, well, obviously for anyone who's listening, there's going to be an information box underneath uh, for the podcast with uh, Janice contact information as well as on the YouTube, but would they reach out to you? Can you work anywhere? I mean, you're in Australia right now, but you can work anywhere because of the Zoom um how do you do you do this like individually or in groups how does this process work um it's it's really interesting what COVID has produced jackie um basically uh i always did did this work on zoom um but now COVID's made zoom acceptable it's made it like yeah this is how we communicate now rather yeah. than the unusual circumstance um and so i deliver this um online anywhere in the world uh, either one-on-one, -on -one, uh, which works very effectively, or also as a group. So a group of up to 10 people, we can't go more than that because we are doing a deep dive. And uh, But what I find from the, the group work, uh, Zoom actually works better than a live room because it's very intimate and it's focused. And so uh, there's a great sense of connection between the people who find themselves on the Zoom room uh, even total strangers or especially total strangers because they're opening up in a way that's totally non-judgmental, um, driven by this, I feel, what I feel at the moment that is almost like I feel this is the real pandemic, is this sense of uh, disconnection and aloneness. Um, this is what I, I feel is out there all over the world. And it gets to the point for many people where they go, you know what, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I just want to understand why I feel this way. And, you know, we were talking about travel before. I, I'm seeing a lot of people now doing, as they can't literally jump on a plane, uh, they're taking this inner journey um, to, to what is probably um, the next frontier, uh, which is within ourselves, because there's so much to discover there. 
I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Um, how, um, from the perspective of how long does this take the process? I mean, is it, um, do you consult over a month or is it over six months? How, how, you know, if someone was using your services, how, how does that work? And I think you also mentioned that you have an alum group. So how, do, how does all this yeah. work? So this initial process, which is really uh, bringing to the surface your core destructive belief. Actually, I took a fellow through this uh, a little while ago who was in a very dark place and he sent me an email the other day, which is really lovely. Um, and he said, I am shocked at how quickly I went from feeling miserable to feeling happy and contented. And he said even his ex was talking to him again. So, and this was several weeks after doing it. So um, to say that this process doesn't take uh, months or even weeks, if it's in a, if, if it's in a group situation, it's seven sessions, uh, which during COVID I do consecutively. So you can do this work in less than 10 days. And if it's one-on-one, -on -one, I do two sessions, three hours per session. So effectively you could do this work in say two days. I don't believe we have time to hang around lying on couches, pouring <laughs> our hearts out, and then at the end of it going, I'm still none the wiser. <laughs> um, I'm an advertising person and I love, uh, I love delivering things within a particular um, uh, time frame and uh, that's what I'm all about, uh, getting people to a point of realisation very quickly. And that's the interesting thing about a shift a shift can happen like that. Yeah, uh, it's it's not it's not a drawn out process. It's just about knowing the right questions to ask and the right process to take to get uh, someone to the right place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, for for those that are uh, thinking about using you, though, uh, one last question. Um, and I know for those that are listening, we will be doing a series of podcasts on different topics over the course of time. So definitely subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, how do you accept uh, payment? Uh, just out of curiosity, is it uh, do you do, are you able to take insurance? or is it um, another way? So for those that would like to use you. Mm. So I have my techie people <coughs> all that uh, for me. So we, we uh, take <coughs> by, uh, by the standard processes, PayPal and credit card, um, because uh, uh, we, we have to basically um, <coughs> uh, working with people all around the world. But um, yeah, it's just a matter of, um, uh, reaching out. I do like to have a talk to someone before we do any work just to make sure that um, that it is right for them and uh, uh, and to make sure that um, that they're ready for it. But typically, um, most people, um, understandably enough, uh, feel a little bit apprehensive before doing this work. And I know I, I was very uh, reluctant to do any kind of inner work. Uh, and my fear was that I would find nothing inside, you know. I'd be like one of those pretty Russian or Greek Easter eggs all painted <laughs> on the outside and you open it up and you go, what? There's nothing inside. So I thought, I don't know that I even want to open Pandora's box. Um, and I think that's very common. And uh, I have never known anyone out of the hundreds of people I've worked with who hasn't been delighted and surprised by what they've discovered. And then we then the reaction is, why didn't I do this before? So there's always something wonderful to, to discover when we, when we do this journey. I agree with you. And on that note, thank you so much for being on. I look forward to our future conversations. Um, and thank you so much.
Really appreciate all of your what you're doing and helping people right now. Thank you, Jackie. And I'd just like to say to your listeners, even if you uh, if we don't end up working together, I hope at least that you understand what might be driving your negative behaviour. It's uh, it's it's not that there's something wrong with you. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Talk, talk to you soon. Thanks, Jackie.